Come on, we're going to get into the Word of God, and as we do, let, let me pray. Father, we thank you for your Word this morning, and Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading of your Word, bless the preaching of your Word, bless the hearing of your Word this morning. Father, as we've heard the team minister, yes, God, you are enough. And so we thank you, God, that a beautiful exchange can happen in this place right now, Lord, because you are in the room. We love you, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, we're currently in the middle of a sermon series called uh, The Promises of God. Uh, earlier this year, we looked at the promise of God that says um, he's got plans to give us a hope and a future. And then we also looked at the promise of God that says, I will be with you. And last week, Pastor Haley preached an amazing word um, about good pain and bad pain and how having an understanding of these two things will help you to lay hold of the promises of God. Uh, but this morning, I want to preach on Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. The promises of God that say, I will provide. One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord provides. But actually, a better translation of that word Jireh means to see. The Lord sees. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, he sees, and so therefore, he provides. It's first mentioned in Genesis 22. God asks Abraham to take his son, the son most precious to him, the son most beloved to him, the only son that he had, the son of the promise, the son that was going to give him a great nation, that son. God says to Abraham, take your son, and I want you to offer him up to me as a sacrifice. And without any questions asked, with no humming or hiring, Abraham takes his son, and they begin to journey. He prepares the donkey, he prepares his two servants, and he prepares his son, the son most precious to him, the son most beloved to him, his only son, his precious son, that son. He prepares his son. And they begin to journey. And three days into the journey, Abraham looks up and he sees the place where God wanted him to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Abraham looks up and he sees the mountain. Abraham looks up and he sees the place. Abraham then says to his two servants, I want you guys to stay here. Me and Isaac are going to go up there. We're going to worship and we're going to come back. What a man of extraordinary faith. Amen. God is out here saying to Abraham, give me your son. And Abraham is out here saying, we're going to go up and worship and we're both going to come back. Amen. Extraordinary faith. And so they journey up this mountain and as they're going up, Isaac says to his dad, dad, I see the firewood. And I see all the stuff that you're going to use for the sacrifice, but where is the sheep? This young man knew that in order for you to worship God or to give an offering unto the Lord, there needed to be a sheep. And so Isaac is asking, Dad, where is the sheep? And Abraham says to Isaac, the Lord will provide the sheep. And so they come to the place. Abraham builds the altar. He puts the wood on the altar. And then he ties up his son, the one most precious to him, his beloved son, his only son, his precious son, the son of the promise, the son that was going to give him a great nation, that son. He ties him up and he lays him on the altar. And just when he's about to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord appears and the angel says, don't you lay your hand on that boy. Don't you touch him because now I know you fearlessly fear God. And then Abraham looks up. I just want to say something happens when you look up. Amen. Abraham looked up and he saw the mountain. 
But this time, Abraham looked up and he saw this ram that was caught by its thorns in the, in the thicket. Abraham looked up and he saw the blessing that followed his obedience. Abraham looked up and he saw the provision of the Lord. Abraham looked up and he saw the ram that was caught by a thicket on it, by its horns in the thicket. And so Abraham takes the ram and he sacrifices it unto the Lord as an offering. And then watch this. The Bible says, Abraham named that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. The end of that story says that the angel says to Abraham, Genesis 22, 16 to 18, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Many times God will give us an assignment. Many times God will orchestrate things in our lives. He does it, he places his, uh, his, his great will, he places his sovereign will upon us. And the reason he does that is because he's wanting us to gain a greater understanding of who he is. He does it because he's wanting us to gain a greater revelation of who he is and what he's all about. Because you see, you don't just stumble upon that name, Jehovah Jireh. Just like Abraham, we have to go through some things in order to know that name, Jehovah Jireh. You will sometimes have situations in your life where things have, uh, have happened to you. Opportunities have dried up. Doors have closed on you. Your, your resources are depleting. Somebody walked into church this morning and that's exactly where you are at right now. You walked into church and you've got a need. You've got something pressing on you. You've got impossibility staring you in the face. You're saying, Lord, I need your help right now. Lord, I need your provision right now. Lord, I need you to do this thing for me right now because if you don't, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. And you could be frustrated. I've had those seasons too where I've become so frustrated, I can't see the help coming, I'm frustrated. And I start to get frustrated at the people who, who, will come through, who are meant to come through for me. I'm frustrated because it seems like no one wants to help me. I become frustrated because it seems like nobody seems to be answering the phone. I become frustrated. But could I maybe suggest something to you this morning? You see, that delay is not a denial. That is a divine thing that's happening right there. It's a divine set up. God is setting you up because he wants you to know where your real help is coming from. There are people right now sitting up in the same row as you. They've got the uniforms. They've got the badges of honor. They've got the testimonies to testify to the fact that Jehovah Jireh, he has been the God who has provided. But you're not just gonna stumble upon that name. You're going to have to go through some things. Sometimes God's going to allow us to go through some things in order for us to come to revelation of who he really is. And this morning, I want to share a couple of significant places where God brought provision, and I hope it will encourage you this morning. First uh, Kings 17, there's a story there. If you've got time, when you get home, read it. It tells a story of a prophet by the name of Elijah who God called at a very crucial time. There was a king by the name of Ahab. And he was in power, but the real ruler was his wife. His wife had so much influence, not just over uh, her husband, but also over the, the kingdom. And so because of that, many people fell into worshiping pagan gods. They began to worship um, this god called Baal. 
and they believed that Baal was, was a god of fertility who was able to bring produce upon the land, the god who, was, uh, who enabled people to produce uh, children. And so enter Elijah center stage, and his assignment was to deliver the message of God to the people and tell them to turn away from worshiping these pagan gods, but turn and worship the one true God. His assignment was to deliver the message to the people of God. Elijah gives this message to uh, the king Ahab, and he says this, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. From that day, a drought came upon the land. Elijah delivers the message, and just like that, he is out of there. God instructs Elijah, I want you to go and hide in this brook. Uh, brook the brook was called Cherith. And God says, I want you to go hide there for a season. He says, you shall drink from the brook, but also I'm going to send ravens down to feed you. God gives Elijah the assignment to deliver the message. God hides Elijah in the Cherith brook, but also while he is there, God provides for Elijah there. The first place I want us to look at this morning is Cherith. Cherith means to cut down or to cut off. And many scholars of the Bible believe that uh, the reason God instructed Elijah to go to Cherith was because God was wanting some one-on-one -on -one time with Elijah. There were some things in Elijah's life that God was trying to cut down and, and cut off. And so God instructed him to go to, to Cherith. And I believe it's, it's the same with, with us. God will take you into Cherith because he is wanting, he's wanting to hide you for a season. He is wanting to cut off some things, to cut down some things so that he can prepare you for what is ahead. Elijah was a prophet. His job was to bring the message of God to the people. And here he is out in Cherith with nobody to minister to but the birds who were going to bring him his food. He was going through a season of hiding. Cherith is a place where God is going to withhold that which you want. You've been preparing and preparing. You've been studying and studying. You've been training and training. And it just seems like there's, there's just no opportunities opening up for you. You've done your CV over and over and over again. That business plan, you've, you've, you've you know, altered it many times over and over and over again. You've taken your, your paper out, your, your pad out. You've kind of planned things over and over and over again. But it seems like no door seems to be opening up. It's a season of Cherith. And you see, Cherith is necessary because what this means is that God is preparing you for a greater purpose. Joseph went through a season of Cherith. He, he was being prepared in the prison before he was brought into the palace. Moses went through a season of Cherith. He was being prepared in the desert before he was brought up to, to deliver the people of Egypt out of slave or the people of Israel out of slavery. God was preparing uh, David. He went, he was hiding in the mountains. He went from cave to cave to cave until he was acknowledged as king. God was preparing him. And here we, we've got also uh, the apostle Paul. He, but, uh, after his conversion, he was hidden for three years. God was preparing him. And after that, he became a missionary. And here we've got Elijah. God is hiding Elijah. He is going through a season of hiding. He is in Shereth. God is preparing Elijah for what is ahead. You need to know today what a that a delay is not a denial. This is a divine thing. God is hiding you because there is something great that lies ahead for you. But while you're in Shereth, God is going to provide for you there. 
While he's doing a work on you, you're not going to go without. While you're in Cherith, God is going to command provision for you there. While you're in Cherith, God is going to go look. You don't have to go looking for the provision because God is going to bring the provision to you. While you're in Cherith, God is going to provide for you there. And it may not look like a river, but God will provide a brook for you there. It may not look like a buffet, but God's going to send the ravens on down to feed you there. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. The Bible says that sometime later, the brook dried up and God instructed Elijah to go from Cherith to this place called Zarephath. And God says to Elijah, I've commanded a widow woman there to feed you. The next place that I want us to look at is Zarephath. Elijah leaves the brook in Cherith and he makes his way to Zarephath. Now, Cherith and Zarephath is about 136 kilometers away from, from Cherith, and it would have taken Elijah an average of 22 hours to do that travel. But he goes to Zarephath, and he gets to Zarephath, and he sees this widow woman gathering sticks. And he says to the woman, bring me a cup of water. And just like, the, uh, like Abraham, the woman says, he, you know, no questions asked, no humming or hiring. She just turns, and she goes and gets the water. But while she's getting the water, Elijah says to her, Actually, while you're there, I want you to bake me some, some bread. And the woman turns to Elijah and she says to him, as surely as your God lives, I, I, I don't have as much as a biscuit in my home. I've only got a handful of flour and a little bit of, of oil because I'm here gathering sticks. And after I cook this meal, I'm going to feed my son and we're going to eat. And after we eat, we're going to die. Elijah says to the woman, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so the woman went off and she starts to make the bread. Elijah instructed her. She did everything that Elijah instructed her to do. And everything that Elijah said would happen, happened. God's promise to provide was fulfilled. The jar of flour didn't run out. The bottle of oil didn't run out. Jehovah Jireh, God provided in Zarephath too. You see, we don't know much about this widow woman. We only know her by what she's got left. We don't even know her by what she had. We don't even know her name. We only know her by what she's got left. She's got a son handful of flour, and a little bit of oil. And to be a widow in ancient biblical times was to be in a state of great poverty because there was no one to provide for you. And a scholar of the Bible put it this way, this woman would have to, have, um, would have to watch, would have had to watch everything wither and die. She would have had to watch everything in her neighborhood wither and die. No more people on the streets. No more shops opened. The, the malls are closed. She would have had to watch her neighbor's produce wither and die. She would have had to watch her neighbor wither and die, but it gets even personal because she would have had to watch her own produce wither and die. She would have had to watch her husband, the man that she was going to spend forever with, the man um, that she said for better or for worse with, she had to watch him wither and die. We only know her by what she's got left. And so for the prophets that be asking her, while you're there getting me some water, get me some bread too? That's a lot to be asking a widow woman 
who's got so little? I mean, if that was me, I would have been like, Elijah, would you like a large prize with that too? <laughs> he was asking her for some bread. I mean, this woman didn't have much left. This widow woman is trying to get by. This widow woman is trying to fix uh, something for her and her son to eat with the little that she has. They're preparing to die. And Elijah is out here asking them to make him some bread. You see, you may be in Zarephath right now. Maybe you're Elijah in the story. You've come out of Cherith and you're just trying to get to Zarephath. Or maybe you're the widow woman in the story. Your resources have depleted and you're down to the last bit of flour the last bit of oil. But you see, Zarephath means a workshop for smelting or refining. Make no mistake, there is no accident that you're there in Zarephath. There is a refining happening in Zarephath. The purpose of the lack there is to refine your faith. The purpose of the lack there is to refine your trust. The purpose of the lack there is to refine your belief. God is teaching you to trust Him for the provision. He isn't giving you what you want because He's trying to refine the desires of your heart. He's trying to refine your will, to bend your will, to mold your will to His will. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed because while you're in Zarephath, God will provide for you there too. Sometimes it feels like God is asking too much of you. It feels like what he's asking you to do, what he's asking you to give, how he's asking you to live your life is too much. But can I encourage you this morning? Trust God. Put God first. Trust his word. You see, Elijah says to the woman, bake me some bread first. And after you've done that, make some food for you and your son first. Elijah was saying to the woman, I know this is too much for you to, to ask of you right now, but please put my God first. Elijah saying to the woman, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Someone needs to hear this this morning. You're in Zarephath because God wants you to get your priorities right. You've had God in number two for way too long, and God is wanting to be number one. You're in Zarephath because God is refining your priorities. And you see, so this widow woman, she puts God first. This Gentile woman, she don't know nothing about Elijah's God. But here she is, she is putting Elijah's God first. She hears what Elijah is saying, and she goes and does what Elijah is saying. She's not just a hearer of the word, she's doing the word. She is starting to put her trust in the God of Elijah. And the story goes on to say this, when she obeyed, provision followed. She did as the prophet said, and the flower never ran out. She put God first, and the oil never ran dry. You may be out here crying because the flour and the oil aren't running over, but you ought to thank God that the flour and the oil isn't running out. <laughs> God's got you in Zarephath too. I may not have the steak and the salmon, but I've got the yum yum noodles and that'll do me fine. <laughs> I may not have the Lamborghini and the Mercedes, but the Toyota will do me fine. God's got you in Zarephath too. It's not about the material provision, it's about the God provision the kind of provision that follows obedience. Therefore, I'm learning to live on God. I'm learning to rely on God. I'm learning to depend on God. But this refining that we read about in the story is about to go to the next level because you see this young kid, this young boy, he, he falls ill and 
he becomes so sick that he no longer has breath in his body. And this widow woman says to Elijah, why have you even come here? Have you come here to remind me of my sin and kill my son? And so Elijah takes this young boy and he takes him up into the upper room where he was staying and he lays the boy on the bed and he prays to God and he says this, oh Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? Elijah stretches himself out on the boy uh, three times. He prays to God and he says, Lord, I pray, let this child's soul come back. And the Bible says the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back. He came back to life. Elijah takes him down to his mother and the widow woman says to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God because when you speak, God speaks. You see, Jehovah Jireh is the God who provides. This widow woman is from a town where they're worshiping this God called Baal, who they believe is, is a God of fertility. But after years of drought and years of famine, Baal don't, don't seem to be showing up anywhere. And here God steps into the picture and is showing Elijah and the widow woman, I'm not just the God who provides. No, I'm the God who brings things back to life. God is putting Baal to shame. God is saying, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord who sees and therefore I will provide. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but God wants you to know that he is going to provide. When you're going through the drought, God is saying, I'll provide. When you're going through the famine, God is saying, I'll provide. When you've got fear all around you, God is saying, I'll provide. When your resources are depleting, God is saying, I will provide. When it seems like help is not coming, God is saying, I will provide. When it doesn't look like it, God is saying, I will provide. When it doesn't feel like it, God is saying, I will provide. When things seem like they're starting to wither and die in your life, God is saying to you this morning, I'll provide, I'll provide, I'll provide because I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. 